Welcome to this GemTrain.org presentation, where you will be able to enjoy some wonderful free content that we sincerely hope will help you overcome the challenges of autism. Some content from this presentation is not included here, but the entire presentation is available on our website, GemTrain.org. Well, my name is Rebecca Pedersen, and I am a child development expert. I work with children ranging from children that are on the autism spectrum all the way to children which are classified in the gray area. They don't necessarily have a diagnosis, but they have some challenging behaviors. And so the way in which I work with them is I take them out into nature, and we do a lot of sensory immersion in nature. I have my master's in child and adolescent psychology, so I make sure I follow within child development and what the milestones look like. And then I'm also a certified professional coach. So I coach families on how to help their children with their challenging behavior and write a wellness plan so that the families know where to take their children and what to do with them um, during the times that I can't be present. So the problem that we're finding nowadays is that children, especially children on the spectrum, are not getting enough exposure to nature. And when they have that exposure to nature, they have a lot of different sensory components that allow them to increase in their developmental abilities. So when a child has sensory issues, they're either hyper or hypo um, sensitive to to a variety of things. So hyposensitive means that they are craving more of it and hypersensitive means that they're trying to pull back from it because they experience it in such a large capacity. And so by taking children out into nature, they get the opportunity to regulate the way in which they um, feel those sensations within their body and they get to have their full seven different senses immersed in what nature provides naturally for them. Children may not, children with autism may not get their sensory needs met. One of the kind of the famous quotes that's out there that talks a lot about using nature to help children in general is you take down, children will bounce off the walls when you have walls. If you take down the walls, they have no, nothing to bounce off of. And so they're able to regulate themselves in a better way. And that same idea applies to children on the spectrum. When we take away the walls, we take away those artificial stimulations and allow the natural stimulations to be able to work with their cognitive abilities, their physical capabilities, and all of their other developmental areas. Nature can help children with autism because it innately provides a variety of different stimulations within any environment that you go into. You could hear the birds chirping, so that's your auditory stimulation. You could hear, or excuse me, you could um, touch the water that's flowing, and then that's a tactile type of stimulation for the child. Um, children that tend to be more of wanderers, and they have um, what's called elopement, where they tend to just go away from other adults, they get the opportunity to see that there's endless boundaries for them to be able to engage in. And creativity is born out of those endless boundaries. So there's a lot of different ways that nature can bring that to the child without us artificially having to contrive it to happen for them. 
So my role to help children and bringing them into nature, my role is to work with other professionals that have worked with those children, such as OTs, uh, speech therapists, maybe their behavior therapists, and really get a, a fuller picture of what the child's sensory needs are and where the child needs to be able to experience different um, aspects of what nature can provide for them. I also believe parents are the expert of their children, and so we, I work extensively with parents trying to get a better understanding of what the child really loves to do, and then we think about the environments in which we can do those things and enhance those skills that the child already has. So I may have a child that comes to me that um, really enjoys hand flapping. They've got their hands and just the motion of their hands. And so a lot of times I'll take a, that type of child out to a place where they can be very tactily driven. So we may go up into the forest and with the parents start to be able to have that child pull rocks and be able to put the, the child's hands in the stream so that they can feel. There's a couple streams around here that they can actually catch the fish by hands and look at them and examine them and then put them back into the stream. So we really, I narrow it down as to what that child already likes and then we work from there to the things that the child is maybe a little bit more fearful about. So I'm really excited to talk about the areas of development that nature can bring to our children on the spectrum. Oftentimes we get very concerned about regulating behavior and keeping the child um, within the norms of what society dictates for them and we forget about allowing the child to be a child. And so the first area of development I'd like to talk about is the cognitive area. Oftentimes, um, we are so focused on the child's learning and their academics that we don't get the opportunity to allow them to go out into nature and to learn through nature. So you can learn your counting in nature. You can learn how to do um, various forms of communication within nature. And so when we're talking about cognitive development, nature brings in wonder, it brings in excitement, it brings in imagination and creativity. Things that we don't typically get unless we contrive it within a classroom setting. And so it's something that our children with autism um, get very excited about because they don't have the restraints of, you know, a typical classroom that makes them sit and attend and have all of these other skill sets that they have to be focused on. They can just be and they can be experiencing it as their cognitive development grows through their imagination and their curiosity. So an example of the cognitive development um, was, let's take it way back. I've been doing this for over 20 years and one of the very first children I ever worked with, we found that he really struggled. We were doing ABA therapy with him and he really, really struggled to be able to stay focused because of all of the, between the artificial lighting and all of the sounds that the house was making and things like that. And so we actually took him outside for him to be able to feel the breeze, to enjoy what um, the birds were doing, to be able to watch his dog running around the yard. And we found this extraordinary piece of cognitive development that was happening for him. What he was doing was he was moving himself away from what we defined as the workspace 
and he started to go to the edges of his yard and he started to pull things and build and he began creating. And what we discovered with him was that he was actually a very engineered minded child that we didn't ever know because we had already always set up what his environments looked like. So by allowing him to go outside, he started to engineer these forts. And then the forts built upon imaginary play for him, which was something he didn't, we, we thought he didn't have. We were trying to teach him that imaginary play. But by standing back and watching that, he started to engage in it completely on his own. And so it was really a nice um, way of discovering that this child really has all of these skills that we're trying to artificially teach to him by allowing him just to be out in nature and allowing him to explore. So also within cognitive development for a child with autism, nature brings in many opportunities for those children to engage. You have activities such as rock hounding where they can start to discover various types of minerals, gems, things like that. They have to dig in the dirt to get to them. So what what rock hounding can do for a child with autism is it can create a pathway for their cognitive development to um, spark more curiosity for them. Then you have things like orienteering. If you have a child that is very directionally oriented and um, they really enjoy knowing north, south, east, west, you can take them to orienteering classes and they can start to be the group leader out on a nature walk. And they can take on those roles that we typically wouldn't um, necessarily put them in because it's something that is a natural thing for them. So that enhances their cognitive development as well. We have other things that are just as simple as being able to take a child outside and have them look at all of the ants rebuilding an ant um, mound. And while they're watching those ants, their brain is working in a way that enhances their imagination, enhances that creativity, and it causes them to be more interested in the things in which are happening around them, which then allows for more observational learning skills to come into play. So what's happening when they're watching the ants rebuild is there's sparks of curiosity. You know, a lot of people will talk about the brain development and they'll talk about the neuro, the neurons firing and all of that sort of thing. But what I like to tell parents is your child is sparking in various forms of curiosity. They see one ant and one ant looks different than the other. They see another ant carrying one ant over and all of a sudden you'll start to hear narratives come out. They'll start to create stories surrounding what's happening with those ants. Even if the child doesn't have spoken language, they could draw it out and show you what their brain is, um, what their brain is decoding by watching those ants. And they may not necessarily care about the science behind it, right? But they are interested in seeing what those ants are doing and how they're doing it. Um, Another cognitive benefit that we see by taking children out into nature is nature always has various element changes. Sometimes the wind comes up and it blows the child's hair or it hits the nape of their neck and they kind of shift to where that wind is coming from. Other times a little spring storm might be coming in and you can feel the little raindrops hitting our skin. All of that creates a different sensory awareness in their cognition. And when that happens, we get active learning. And what's exciting about active learning is we have a child that is now 
captured within the interest of what's happening in the moment. It's nothing that we had to create. It's nothing that we had to contrive. It's just something that they really are truly motivated by. And so we can capture learning moments within that. We can start to discuss what the rain is doing and where the rain comes from and what those rains, you know, the weather cycles look like. We can also discuss how that feels on their body and what those feelings relate to in terms of them being able to regulate themselves. So those natural elemental changes that are happening within nature allow us to have more of that active learning and stimulate the cognitive brain. Those elemental changes allow that brain to really strengthen its level of curiosity and um, cognition. So just simplified, nature allows children to open their world up and allows their, their mind to be stimulated and thought about, allows their mind to be open to different experiences that are happening within their world. Okay, so um, communication is really something that parents are very concerned about for their children with autism, whether it's spoken language or it's communicating through signs or gestures or whatever the case may be. What a lot of people don't understand is movement allows for verbal stimulation within the brain. And so communication can be enhanced through playing in nature. Nature provides a lot of opportunities to be able to communicate, whether it's showing something to somebody that you are out there with. It could be just a ladybug that's on a plant and that child really wants to share that moment with you. And so they could be communicating with you through a gesture or you could be teaching colors to them about um, what color that ladybug is versus the color of the plant. It provides opportunities for naming and labeling things and requesting things that are already just natural and innate. So the child may be um, very excited about this blade of grass that they found or a clover. Maybe you guys go for you know a clover hunt and try and find a four-leaf clover and they find something that looks similar to that and they bring it to you. Now they've requested your attention and they're also using the language that they have in order to communicate what they have found. So when it comes to autism, nature can really enhance the things that children are feeling. Oftentimes, um, one of the aspects of autism is that we have children that have a hard time identifying what they're feeling and why they're feeling it. You know, placing a real um, idea as to why they're feeling something. So when they're out in nature, they get a variety of different ways to sense things. They could smell, you know, going into the forest after it has just rained, they can smell the dirt and what that smells like. They could pick up different leaves and do a smell test to see which one smells better. They can touch um, bark on a tree, which then can give them a feeling of excitement or it could give them a feeling of fear that they don't like that the way that that feels. And you can start to label what their actions are looking like as feelings so that they can really start to identify what those feelings do within their body and how they can um, either enhance those feelings or decrease those feelings. So nature a lot of the times with exposure 
and positive guidance for a child on the spectrum can provide emotional regulation by becoming a calming place for them. Not all children are going to love being out in a windy area. Not all children are going to love putting their feet in a stream. Not all children are going to love being at great heights, maybe on like a rock climbing area or climbing up, um, you know, a canyon or something like that. But if we start to give exposure to children with autism and allow them to show us through their actions and their emotions what they're enjoying and how they're enjoying it, then we can get a better sense as to where is a place that brings peace to them. Nature really fuels the soul. And so it is really essential that we reconnect our children back to um, the places that they do feel most calm. For me personally, it's by the water. Anytime I'm by the ocean or I'm by a lake or a stream, I'm happiest. I'm happiest putting my feet in the water. My children are happiest there. My middle daughter constantly tells me that we should move to California because we need to be by the ocean. <laughs> but for me, that's, that's where I find my peaceful spot. For children that I've worked with, some of them have found it being buried in a bed of leaves. Other ones have found it when I've taken them out on a sailing trip. Other ones have found it through um, building structures like rock cairns and being able to help with trail maintenance and things like that, getting their hands dirty. So there's lots of different ways that children can experience nature, but what we want to do is look for the ways in which it brings them peace. So when their world feels as if they're falling apart or they're over, their senses are overloaded, we can take them out to those places and allow them to calm and feel that peace. We hope you're enjoying this presentation. At any time, we invite you to go to gemtrain.org and gain the additional guidance from this presenter that can help you fully grow and flourish as you gain the skills and confidence to help those you love on the autism spectrum. So some of the ways that you can help your child on the spectrum with their emotional development out in nature is co combining the various senses. Um, one of the ways that you can do that is by providing different smells that are natural smells out in out and about while you guys are maybe on one of your trail walks. So they have the smell, but then you add either an auditory, so something that they hear or something that they can touch, right? And so one of the examples I do with children is we'll find a bird's feather. They're usually pretty much anywhere on the trail. You can usually find them, but we'll find a feather and the child will touch the feather. They'll smell the feather trying to identify where this bird might have been, you know, is this a bird that tends to be more grounded or is this a bird that's living up in the trees? And then we take that feather and we sit and we listen and we try to identify the sound of a bird. And if we find that sound and we hear that sound, then we can journal it or we can talk about it and we can create this emotional attachment to that sound by talking about how that bird sound made us feel. So when a child is involved in uh, their exploratory play within nature, we find that they, it's one of the first chances they've had that day to really breathe. And those breaths are very restorative for them. 
they don't feel the restraints of all of the things that, that we're trying to teach them throughout the day. It gives them that opportunity to just be and to be present and to be engaged in what they're directing. And so a lot of the times when I take children out into nature that are on the spectrum, the first thing I work on with them is to get them to take those deep breaths right as they explore or walk out into nature. So if we're going on a nature walk, we get out of the car, we head to the trailhead, we stand there and we all take three deep restorative breaths. Then we're ready to go. Our body is now in an emotional place that feels peaceful and feels calm and the excitement is help moving us forward. So another thing to consider when we are thinking about emotional development in our children is think about things that we can do just at home. We've talked a lot about the things that we can do out in nature that are maybe requiring a little bit more out of us. Maybe it requires a drive. It requires um, us figuring out how to get to a particular place. Maybe we're kind of far from those natural elements. So we can think about the things that are happening within our own yards or in a park that's close by. And one of those things is finding either a community garden or creating your own garden. There's a lot of um, research that has been done on horticultural aspects and how that attaches to emotional development in children, especially children on the spectrum. We have found a lot of positive benefits from allowing children to engage in gardening. And one of the positive benefits of that is that they are, they take ownership over their own food. So we have a lot of children that tend to be very picky eaters on the spectrum. And so one of the things that they can do is they can explore a garden, they can be part of planting, say it's a bean. They plant the bean, they take care of the bean, they learn the whole life cycle of the bean, but when they go to actually harvest the bean, it now has an emotional attachment because they have been a part of growing it from the time it was at an infantile state. And they're more willing to try to eat that bean because they've been a part of that. So another positive benefit that we get from having children work in soil is they receive, through their skin, they receive the minerals that are in the soil, which then can allow for a child to have a more uplifted mood. It also helps with children that do have more of those picky eating type of habits to get a little bit more of those nutritional benefits out of just working the soil and being a part of that. So children receive the benefits of both getting their hands in the dirt and feeling, or not feeling, children receive the benefits of both getting their hands involved in the dirt. They get that tactile sense, but they also, through their skin, will absorb the nutrients of the dirt. In addition to that, they receive the, the nutritional benefits of watching that plant grow and then eventually being able to harvest and eat that plant. And if they've been able to do it, you know, from the time that it was a seedling all the way up to the full growth of what that plant produced. So what grounding does is what you do is you take off your shoes and you walk barefooted through some soil or grass or natural elements. So it's not something that can be able to provide a lot by walking on the concrete, but if you have 
your shoes off and your child is walking through the grass, it provides the child an, a different opportunity to not only feel a different sense in their sensory system, but they are also absor they're absorbing the nutrients that are within the grass. And then you can get those positive benefits from that. They, there's also a connection with kind of the energy of the earth right that can help lift mood so there's been numerous studies that have shown that by just getting your feet immersed in the earth that we've received positive mood lifting benefits so another area of development that nature provides benefits to is the social development a lot of the times social emotional development go hand in hand but the social piece can be very difficult at times for children on the spectrum they, there's a lot of inner workings within social relationships. And when you have a relationship within a classroom with another peer, or you have that dynamic of trying to engage with a child, um, maybe in a board game or a party setting, those can be really difficult because of all the other stimulation that's happening. Whereas out in nature, there's a lot of stimulation, but typically our brain processes those stimulations as calming sounds. This is why you get a lot of families that listen to, you know, nature sounds to be able to go to sleep because our brain processes those as very calming things. So they're not super distracting for a child, which means they can focus on those social relationships. Out in nature, it's easy for children to devise games to play together. It can be very directed by the children. They can choose how they want to do it and what the rules are. A child on the spectrum may be the leader of the game and maybe they're doing something like hide and seek and they're hiding behind trees or they're hiding in bushes and things like that and that child can go and seek and find where all those other children are. Another thing that they can do with in terms of social development in nature is turn taking. Maybe they gather rocks and they're, you know, skipping them across the stream. They can take turns as to see whose goes the furthest those type of things. Um, what I like about that level of social development is turn-taking also has that positive benefit of increasing language skills for children. And so to be able to engage in nature in that, we see benefits across various areas of development. So the really exciting part about bringing nature into child development for our children on the spectrum is that nature piece crosses so many different areas of development just by doing one thing. So that turn-taking piece that we were talking about, it not only helps with their social development, it also helps with emotional regulation, it helps with flexibility when we're talking about these stronger cognitive skills, and then it helps with verbal language being built out. So just that one thing that we're doing in nature, that one activity, can provide so many different areas of development to be able to be enhanced for our children. So I'm thinking of this one specific example. Um, at one point when we are out at a park, we didn't have you know, opportunities to be in an open field or to be in a forest. So I took this family down to a park and we had a child that he really struggled with being able to engage with other children. He just really didn't understand how to insert himself into a group. 
of children. So he tended to just be on the periphery and watching other children. And we saw that we wanted more language development out of him, right? We wanted him to be able to, he knew how to say, and he could say, can I play with you? But he didn't know what to do to get himself from point A to point B. And so we decided to take him to the park and to allow him to just stand on the periphery and watch all of the play that was happening and see where he went instead of saying, why don't you go play with that group or why don't you go over there? We wanted to see what he naturally came up with. Well, what he did was he was watching the play for a few minutes and then he saw on the edge of the playground, he saw... um, It was like a congregation of butterflies. I don't know why they all went there, but there was four or five butterflies. And so he ran over there and he started to explore the butterflies. And by him exploring the butterflies, the other children actually did what he typically does. They were observing him and they stopped their game and they came towards him. And they all started to observe the butterflies together. Well, those children have strong language abilities, so they started asking questions and started to engage him. And then he started to answer those questions and engage them. And then the next thing we knew, they they all went together and they started playing tag together. And it was just such an exciting moment to see that he got that opportunity to engage socially. He was able to use all of the social skills that we had taught him to that point, but nature was what brought it full circle for them because it created this wonder and interest that everybody could get on board with and it didn't need to be mediated by an adult. So nature doesn't solve everything, um, but it really can enhance your child's development. And those big, exciting moments that are happening where you see all of the pieces of the hard work that you have been doing, whether it's through your behavior therapy or it's through your child's work that's happening at school, maybe an IEP is involved, those sort of things. You see all of that come full circle in nature because we immediately pull ourselves as the adults back and we allow nature to just guide our children. So it's like that idea that nature is, it's the wave on the ocean that carries the boat, right? So nature being the wave takes our child and is able to cradle them, provide them safety, security, provide them with all of the sensory pieces that they need to enhance their development. But it's still there as a security blanket for them. So we, as parents, naturally get to pull ourselves back a little bit and stand in wonder watching our child's growth happen without us being there to mediate it all. When we have a child on the spectrum, we are being told as parents what to do and how to do everything. You know, we may not be consistent enough. And so there's always what feels to be criticism, but that criticism is not necessarily supposed to be negative. It's trying to better the way in which we're helping our children But when we're out in nature, there's really no wrong way of doing things, right? If we have safety in mind and we're appropriately assessing risk for our child, you know, maybe climbing a tree is really exciting for the child and we're allowing them to climb it, but we might have to give a visual boundary as to where they can climb to because our child may not be able to distinguish that for themselves. So we have appropriately assess that risk for them or we layer them in the winter and give them the right clothing to go out into nature. But beyond that, there's 
really nothing that you can do wrong, right? You can stand back and watch your child and see what they engage with and have these epiphanies as to things that we didn't quite know about our children by just allowing nature to be that teacher, to be that guide for them. So I'm thinking of a story that I experienced with a child that was very fearful of water. And that fear was almost paralyzing. And one of the things that we wanted to do for this child was we wanted to get the child to a place that they would be willing to take swimming lessons because this was a family that water is a very important aspect of their life. And they wanted the safety around water to be um, something that the child understood and was engaged in. So one of the things we did was we went for a hike and it wasn't a very long hike. It was actually just a few hundred feet off of this trail to a mini waterfall. So we're not talking about anything big. <laughs> that feels very overwhelming, but this waterfall was about three feet high. And we took the child to the edge of where the water was streaming out and allowed the child just to stand there. And the child very much enjoyed being there, but was really reticent about engaging with the water in any manner, whether it was putting her hands in the water or it was putting her feet in the water. Well, her siblings were with us as well. And so the siblings were jumping in the water and splashing and throwing rocks into the water and just engaging in tons of different types of play within the water. And so she was watching this through our patience and through our understanding not to push this child to be a part of that water play, she started to engage on her own. At first she started to engage by throwing rocks into the water and watching the splash happen. Then she felt more comfortable with that and we all started playing games with throwing rocks into the water and what would a big rock do versus a little rock and how big that splash would be. Then she moved into putting her hands in the water and feeling how slimy some of the rocks felt because that was interesting to her. And the next thing we knew, she was taking her shoes off and she had put her feet into the water. And it was a big moment for this child because even things as simple as taking a bath were hard for her, right? She just was very nervous about water. And so then with more exposure to that, we actually got her to a place where taking her to a swimming pool was a very exciting event instead of a very anxiety-inducing event. So we used nature to help bring a skill forthright for her um, that wasn't ne necessarily an outdoor thing. We brought it indoors for her and allowed her to feel peace in engaging in that. So I feel that this course is incredibly important because I have worked with so many children on the spectrum that get put into a box where parents are doing what we're being told to do. We're doing the various types of therapy. We're doing the, um, the amount of hours that we are required through research to do at home with our children. We're providing the play dates. We're providing the various different types of social interactions. And we're all doing it with a lot of um, hope that our children will 
be able to grow and develop. And all of those are great. But what I've found is that we get disconnected from the natural world by doing all of those things. And when a child feels that disconnect from the natural world, it makes it really, really difficult for them to be able to to connect with things beyond just technology and the things that we formulate or hand to them. And that natural world connection allows for various neurons, brain development, different firings to be happening so that that child can engage in their world in a different way. I've had a lot of families say to me that they they don't get the opportunity to see their child the way that they want to see their child because the child's always engaged in so many different types of therapies. But when we take them out into the natural world, the child gets to be. They get to be present. They get to be who they are without any social constructs. Nature's not going to say, you're not giving me enough eye contact. It's not going to say to the child, oh, you're flapping your hands too much or you need to stop that you know, self-stimulatory behavior. It's going to say, let's engage in this together. Let's fly with the wind. Let's watch the leaves spinning. And it's all okay. And so parents finally get that opportunity to just feel the, feel the pureness of their children when they're out in nature. From one mom to another, I want to let you know that the beauty of taking your children out into nature and allowing them to experience the natural world in a way in which they want to experience it, it gives you hope and it gives you a sense that your child will grow, they will develop, and they will be these amazing people that we all hope to have for our children. We hope you have enjoyed this presentation. We now invite you to go to gemtrain.org and gain the additional guidance from this presenter that can help you fully grow and flourish as you gain the skills and confidence to help those you love on the autism spectrum.